but I'm also a business owner and I'm going to have successes and failures and a success was that I got to speak there. A failure was that maybe it didn't really do anything that I can see yet. The discomfort brings up questions like you were just asking, oh, what could I have done or what would make a difference? Welcome back to the Business of Christian Fiction podcast. I am here with my friend, Rachel Trusty, and I'm excited to talk to her about her fiction books that she's published and her journey as um, as a writer, having to kind of take on that business mindset. Um, this is your full-time gig, right? Like you are a writer. Yes. Full, full stop, right? Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to you about this because you're young. You have chosen this route. And I think it's a very courageous route to say like, no, this is what I want to do. And I might have to make some sacrifices or make some adjustments um, to not, you know, and it might not look like all of my peers, but that's okay because this is what I feel called to do. And so I'm excited to kind of talk a little bit about that along with um, just our normal conversations about how have you, you know, learned to navigate this business world of publishing? And so um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. Why don't we just start with, if you want to just kind of clue the reader in a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you're at, maybe tell us your books that you've published. I know you have a couple under your belt and what's coming up for you. Um, why don't we just start there? All right. So like you're saying, I, I did get started pretty young. And it's kind of funny because growing up, I really hated writing. Like, it was awful. I did not write anything at all. That's so funny. That's normally not what writers say. <laughs> I know. I was kind of a rebellious kid, actually, when it came to anything that I thought was like academic. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to put my pencil to paper for any subject or anything at all. I was just, I wanted to run around and play pretend. Yeah. Yeah. And that works out because I write fiction, but it was like, I will not do what you tell me to do. (laughs) (laughs) So So instead you decided to make up stories in your head and yes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I was just, you know, imaginative and then I, um, I was homeschooled. And so my senior year, my mom was like, um, I really think you should take this writing, this essay writing class. And yeah. she was like, I think it'll like build confidence in your writing. And I was like, I don't need confidence. I hate it. I'm horrible at it. I also struggle with like flipping letters. Even still, I just, I flip letters around and misspell things and write things backwards. And it's just, it's, it irritated me when I was mm-hmm. younger. And, but she was like, I think you should do it. And so I did it and I did really well in the class. It was like, what is that? I don't even know what it's called now. It's like creative essay. It wasn't like okay. the college yeah. essay. It was something a little more fun than that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's like, I just realized I could fill a piece of paper. Like before that I avoided filling a piece of paper. And then I was just like, oh, I actually can do that. And she was right. My mom was right. The confidence was what was lacking, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I can fill a piece of paper. So halfway through that class, it was a six week course. And um, it was the day I got back my grade on the first paper. I started writing my first book. Okay. And 
I was just like, this is so fun. I get to use my imagination. I get to write it down. And so that's actually, that's actually my first book. My first published one is that book that I started writing that day in my senior year. And so I have that book published and the sequel to that one and then two others. Okay. And so what are those called? Um, the first one is Becoming Sankra's Queen. And Sankra is a made up place <laughs> in Spain. Um, and then Sankra's Fate. It's a sequel to that one. And then the next one that I published was Lily, which is historical fiction. And it has lots of adventure and... Right. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I published was in 2021. So it's been a little while now. Um, and that is Not Without Yesterday, okay. which and was a super interesting one to write. I just read it for the first time this week, the first time after publishing. And I was like, this book is so serious. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So that was good because normally I'm like afraid to read my books later. Yeah. So what what genre was that? the last one mm -hmm. you know I hate saying I I just hate trying to say what genre it is which I know is horrible for marketing <laughs> <laughs> but spoken um, like a true creative it's like you're, you're you don't want to pinch hope because like for, this yeah. is the thing that a lot of people forget or not a lot of people forget but as creatives we we write the story right yeah. we're not trying to write a genre for the most part, we're like, we get this idea and you're like, oh, this is the story and this is the world surrounding that story. And sometimes that's like a fantasy world and sometimes that's a real world and sometimes that's a historical world. And it just, it's hard to say like, this is a specific genre sometimes because sometimes it feels like it doesn't really fit into a certain genre. Yeah. And so, yeah, it does make it hard to market because marketing is very much based on clarity and yeah. And like, if you like this, then you'll like this. And so like genres give the buyer a clarity yeah. that you, the writer, don't necessarily have when you're crafting the story. So it's yeah. a very weird tension that we have yeah. to sit in as between writer and business owner. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but if you were to venture a guess, what genre would you say that is? I usually say literary fiction okay. um, for most of my books, even if it's like historical fiction or whatever, I say literary because I always my books are based off of a character first mm, so yeah. that's really what motivates the story and then this last one I wasn't even sure if the genre was like fully defined for people but I have looked into it and it looks like it is so I say trauma fiction didn't realize that 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 had be which makes sense that it's becoming more of a, a genre yeah, yeah I think so and I think it's like a useful genre too so Agreed. it has some serious topics and it I wrote it during some recovery from PTSD and it was just really, it used all of those emotions. And so it made sense for that to be the mm -hmm. genre. Yeah. So are you working on anything in particular right now? You said it's been a little bit since you last published. So yes. what are you working I, on? I'm anxious to kind of get projects wrapping up here. Um, I was working on, and it's kind of interesting. I decided after the, um, the last book, which was really serious and just some struggles I was going through, I was mostly reading rom-coms. Mm. And I was like, I want to write, but I don't want to think of anything serious. And a lot of my writing has been 
topics that are just more a little heavier mm-hmm. a little more serious and I was like I, I want to try a rom-com and okay. so I, I wrote a rom-com okay and I have not published it and I was I've been working on it and I've edited it a couple of different times and I just it was just not clicking mm. And I'm not sure why still, I'm still trying to work it all out. But um, last month I was like, okay, I, that's not clicking for me. And so I'm going to write something else for a little while. Okay. And so I just started writing a story last month. It's still very new. I'm just rough draft. You know, I write everything by hand first. Okay. So that's what I'm doing right now. And that is young adult. That That's a definite genre. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I love that you are open, like you're open as a writer to follow kind of, okay, this is what I would like to do, but this is not working. So let's pivot a little bit and you're not yeah. pigeonholing yourself into that. Yeah. And I realize well, that I am young and very new to everything. So I am, you know. Like I'm open to not being, maybe that's not the genre that I'll ever be good at writing. (laughs) Mm. But you know, it's fun to still write it. I think that brings up a really good point about the difference between writing something for yourself and writing something for a reader. Because like you said, you're like, oh, I want to write something that's just fun and I'm going to explore that. But at some point you're like, ah, this is not clicking. This has been fun for me, but it's not going to click for a reader. And so you have to be able to evaluate the product that you're crafting and say like, is this just something for me as a writer having fun? Or is this something that I'm going to to turn into a product that goes out into the world and has marketing behind it and has, you know, promotion behind it. And so I think sometimes writers forget that step. They forget to like pull back the lens and say, okay, this might've been just for me. And I have books like that. Like my very first novel, definitely very long historical fiction (laughs) written in ancient Rome, set in ancient Rome. And I love the story to this day. Love it. Love it. Love it. That book will probably never see (laughs) past my computer, right? Like it's something Uh that I loved as like, it means a lot to me Mm -hmm. and it means a lot, um, it means a lot to me as a writer. It's my, you know, my very first novel that I actually completed, but I look back on it and I'm like, it, I would have to do a pretty major rewrite. First of all, (laughs) I've learned a lot since then. I mean, I was 16 when I wrote it, but I have not felt that it would benefit my reader Mm -hmm. so far, but maybe in the future it would, if I could wrestle with how much would it have to pivot or adjust or be revised in order to make that crossing over that line between like, this was a fun thing for me, or this is actually beneficial to my reader. So there is a line there and you kind of have to learn how to to navigate that. Yeah. I love that. Like uh, it's a benefit. Yeah. I just never, I think about that a little bit, but just not quite in those words. Like that's value, like whatever value, but it's value to me value to someone else it's different mm-hmm. and I think we have to remember that as readers that not everything we write is for somebody else yeah. and that's okay it's not a waste of time or of energy because it we as writers that's how we process the world a lot and we it's how we practice our craft so like yeah. you know like we have to write yeah. in order to get better at it definitely so for you as this writer who crafted something very like 
became a lover of writing kind of mm-hmm. later in your childhood. You're yeah. still not that late, but you know, later on. Yeah. Um, how did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not, this is the thing I want to do full time. This is where I want to put my time and energy. How did you kind of come to that point where you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, when I was, that was during my senior year that I did that class and wrote my mm-hmm. first book and I published it and actually came out the week after I graduated. And from so high school or from, from high school, okay. From high school. High school. So um, how did you decide to, you self-published it, right? Yeah. Did you think about going traditional or were you like, no, I'm just going to go self-publishing route? You know, I, you know, I talked about being that rebellious kid who wouldn't do things that other people told me. So yeah. I'm still that rebellious kid. <laughs> uh, yeah I just love the control that I have and it's it's just fun for me to Mm -hmm. look at every part of it and decide and I love obviously I have an editor I get readers beta readers all sorts of help um but I love just being the one who makes the decisions and Mm -hmm. I'm like and I've thought sometimes oh maybe like some books are better if other people make the decisions for them, but you know, that's just was what felt right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like you are hiring people to help you make better decisions. You have yeah. an editor, you have other people speaking into it with beta readers and things like that. So it's not creating in a vacuum, right. it's creating with a team. It's just that team looks different than a traditional publisher might look like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and you I kind of like it. I like choosing my team because it's like people that I yeah trust and judge their work and if I don't like it then I don't have to use that and you could fire them yeah I think people kind of forget that like if you don't like your editor and you're self-publishing you can fire them right (laughs) you can't do that in a publishing contract you don't get to say that yeah that's crazy to me that I'm just like nah (laughs) I, I need to choose myself yeah so you you graduated from high school, you published this first novel, and then what happened? So I, um, my plan was to go to college then. Mm-hmm. I've always had an interest in geography and cultures and international um, development. That was what I wanted to go into. And I, my plan was to go to college. So I applied. Um, it was a school, it's across the country from me. So I was going to go, I was going to move across the country and um, I had enrolled in classes and I ordered my books and I was about to sign a contract for an apartment and I was just so excited and which is kind of funny also because academics is, it still wasn't my, you know, your first love. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, I'm going to college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I just thought it was what I was going to do. And then one day my mom, and I don't remember this specific moment. And I'm like, maybe my mom made this up, but she's been smart in the past. So yeah. (laughs) But she was like, you know, you don't have to, if you don't want to like go to college. And I was like, and she says that I just like started crying. I don't remember the crying part, but I remember deciding like, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I really don't want to go to college. And I don't know. It just wasn't at the time I was like, oh, I, I just really don't. 
that you were just kind of moving through the motions of this is what I'm supposed to do next with my yeah. life. And so yeah, and it made sense. I liked yeah. the, there was a plan. I didn't want to have to make some other life decisions that I don't know. Yeah. It just felt like, oh, if I go to college, there's a plan for what classes to take to get this degree. Mm-hmm. And I'll be here during these months. And it just felt like I didn't have to make a decision. Yeah. Which is, you know, I was 18 turning 19 and who wants to be a grown up? (laughs) Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I decided not to. And then I started writing full time because I was like, well, I really love this. And Mm -hmm. I continued to write after publishing that first book. And I was like, well, I really love this. So I started doing it full time. And then I actually became a nanny for a couple of years. So I stopped writing pretty much Mm. almost completely. Um, And I was a nanny for two years, actually living across the country, like an hour away from the college I was going to go to. Oh, that's very ironic. (laughs) But I loved the area. It was super fun. And I was there for two years. And I realized that I loved kids also during that um, two years. So that that was really great for me. But um, then I got super sick. And I had to move home, because I just I couldn't take care of myself physically. Mm -hmm. And so I moved home. And I was like, well, I, I, I literally couldn't do anything. I was just it was this crazy health thing. And I was very weak and I couldn't go out of the house really. And so I was like, well, I can write. Yeah. So that was really, I'm like writing kind of just like saved my mental health during all of that. And that's where I wrote not without yesterday with all those emotions that I was having. Um, but I also published Lily during that of just being really sick. And it was interesting because I was like, I was super sick and full time during that was not like I was Mm -hmm. not working 40 hour work weeks. It was Mm -hmm. nothing like that. I was, you know, working 45 minutes at a time and that was a stretch. And then I would take a break and yeah, it was just, it was a crazy, crazy way to publish. And I was Yeah, it was a lot going on. And I think I don't even remember a lot of what was written in <laughs> those two books. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I actually don't know. I don't remember publishing one of them because part of the health stuff was also like memory issues. And so I'm like, yeah, that was very interesting um, to be publishing under those circumstances. And a time when I didn't feel like I could rely on my mm. brain. And there was a lot of stuff going on in my head, but I was able to publish and write and do all of that during that. So I think that's when I really, like, it really set in that I was like, this is something that I want to do forever. Like, Mm, even during this time, first of all, it was helping me to be able to stay sane. Right. Um, but it was also something that I was able to do and able to do well. A lot of people have read my books and those books that I published during that time. And I've done book clubs and they told me how it impacted them. And I was like, I wrote those words while I was just suffering so badly. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, I can do this. Like, I wonder this- if there's a part of me that wonders, like, if you, um, because you were suffering, if a level of perfectionism kind of diminishes 
You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit less of a, um, you're a little bit less hard on yourself and it just more willing to let creativity come forward and not be judgmental of it because you don't have time to be judgmental when you're suffering, right? Like when you're dealing with, when you're chronically ill or chronically like just having a hard time, you're like, okay, I'm just going to write what's on the page and it's going to get out today. And I'm not going to go back and analyze it and pull it apart because I can't live like that. I have to just keep moving forward. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm, I'm like the opposite of a perfectionist. Oh, really? And that's part of the rebellious thing is if something like, if someone says, oh, that needs to be a certain way, I'm like, does it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that is true because before I'd want to read through everything and have my editor tell me everything. But during right. that, there were definitely, there were pages where it was like hard for me to read what was on that page. And mm-hmm. I would just be like, tell my editor, you do whatever you want with it. I <laughs> you just make it look good. <laughs> yeah. And that was where I was really thankful for a team that I trusted. Right. I, was like, I could tell my editor, Hey, you take care of that page. I can't read it. And I trust you completely with that. Mm. I didn't have to read it and I still haven't read it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I would love to kind of dive a little bit more into like the business decisions that you've made so far, and maybe even what you're going to do in the future. But, um, for these books that you've published and you have are making it your full-time thing. And I know you have the stint of a nanny in there, but um, are you generating enough income off of your books right now that like supports your life or are you still having to kind of supplement it with other things at this point? Yeah. So I am not able to support myself with my income from just the books right now. Um, And I think that's part of, for me, that's, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people my age, you said like, I chose this, which looks a lot of d- different than right. people my age. And it's interesting because people will be like, oh, uh, you're not going to school. And mm-hmm. how can you support yourself? I've get, I've had that question so many right. times about supporting myself. And I'm like, I am, I'm 24 years old. I, I was like, I'm 24 years old. Right. And also- I had this huge health thing where no one would be able to work during that. Right. (laughs) Um, And that was three years long. And I was like, this is like, if, so if I went to college, Mm -hmm. this is kind of like my uh, college. I tell them because I'm like, you spend money on getting your degree and you have training and like years of practicing learning. And that's where I feel like I am. I feel Mm -hmm. like, Probably by now I'm more in a, a graduate. I'm, right. I'm transitioning from undergrad to graduate level, mm-hmm. but it's still something where I invest and it's not something where I am making a living and I'm all cozy. Right. I'm in that stage of I'm learning and growing. And even though I'm publishing, these books aren't the best they could be if I were right. 10 years older and had learned everything, but I'm also not going to learn everything if I'm not publishing and working on it. So that's what True. I tell people. I'm like, this is my graduate school. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not making a living. I am also, I have another job that I'm starting right now, actually. And yeah. I'm going to work in an ice cream shop for who knows how long. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting because that's, that's where I'm at. I'm in school still. Yeah. I love that you're approaching it that way, because here's the thing. I think, a lot of people might who want to do what we do, 
write stories, especially fiction writers, right? We think we have to go to college and get an MFA Mm -hmm. to be really good at our craft. And while, yes, you do really well at your craft when you go through all that writing because you're constantly practicing the writing and you're getting feedback on the writing. The thing is, it doesn't teach you how to be a professional writer. Yeah. You will learn how to write, but you won't learn how to publish. You won't learn how to, the business side of everything that we do. And so what you're saying is like your schooling is essentially both. You're Mm -hmm. learning how to write better and you're learning how to be a published author. And you're doing that by trial and error. And like, essentially, it's almost like an apprenticeship. You're taking an information and you're practicing it in real life. And um, I think that's a really interesting model. And I kind of wish more writers would do it. (laughs) But I know it's hard. It's a hard decision to make. And it's not one that you can make lightly. It doesn't Um, feel as clear. It it doesn't. There's no certain path for this. Mm -mm. And it's not like I take this class and this class and then someone hands me a degree. Not hands you. It's hard work. Yes. Yes. Right. I do this and then I get this. Mm -hmm. It feels more unknown. But I do believe that if you're doing the work and you're investing like you would in getting a degree, then it will pay off. When you're talking about investing, what are some of the things that you're choosing to invest in? Yeah. So first of all, my time. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a big one that I've thought about lately is just balancing because I need to make money. And Mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing that all people in school or whatever just have to deal with. Yep. Um, investing the time and then the money, um, you know, you got to hire a team. And in my case, I have lots of people in my family that I know that are actually in the business and things like that. So I don't actually have to spend as much as other people in mm-hmm. order to get a book out. Right. Um, and I also have photography and some design experience. So I actually do my own covers, which Mm. is part of what I love. I love that control and that creativity. So that's something that I enjoy doing myself, which I would not do if I did not have those skills already. Right, right. Um, But then just taking learning. um, I like learning from books Mm -hmm. more than I like learning from classes and Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I use books and I just read them over and over again. Books from writers about how to write. I have a favorite. Um, Someday You'll Write. Oh, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one yeah. before. Well, it's not new. It's pretty old, I think. When is it? It's by Elizabeth Yates, which she wrote oh. a book really liked as a kid. Um, 1962. Yeah. So, yeah, I love this one. And it's just really... I think she's kind of talking to like almost children Mm. uh, or just new writers in general, but it's really simplified and it's secrets of a story maker. And Mm -hmm. she was an author and I just love what, how she puts everything. And it talks about like the tools of being a writer and the tool of being observant or things like that, that just are at your disposal. So that is one of my favorites. So I just read books like that over and over again and at different times of publishing and things like that. Do you read books that have to do with business at all? I have. (laughs) 
And Probably not your favorite, right? <laughs> not. They feel academic. <laughs> yeah, spoken like a true creative right there. <laughs> um, so what I do for the business side of it is that I follow um and I have this this one girl who she starts, she's close to my age and she has started multiple businesses, multiple six-figure businesses, and she's very relatable. And what's her name? It's Evie Rupp. Yes, she has a very fun personality. Evie, and what is it? Evie Rupp. So it's Rupp. E-V-I-E-R-U-P-P. Okay. And she is a business coach. Um, and she's also a photographer and she has something called the Heart University. It's in her Instagram bio, but that is my favorite way of getting information um, for the business side is just in smaller snippets like that, because that's how I learn best for that type of stuff. I think you bring up something really valuable here is that we don't always have to go to books or courses to get the information we need. Now, sometimes you might have to go for a specific aspect, but yes. when we're just talking about like mindset and big picture mm -hmm. principles like just following somebody that's creating short content for us to consume like there's nothing wrong with that we should be yes. feeling okay about following and there's a couple of business um coaches out there that I follow that like every day I'm watching their Instagram to see yes. what they're sharing and even today I learned something from somebody and I'm just like it's just it's a very quick way to feel like you're you know, ingesting the information you need um, without having to spend a ton of time in front of something. And then as you're learning these things and it opens up these new doors, you can say, oh, I want to learn more about this. And then you go in and learn more about that one thing. Yes. And that's mainly what I do. And also actually yours. <laughs> and then yours is a big one that I do too. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Yes. And I appreciate all of your posts. It, they're just so easy to understand and I mm. feel like with hers and yours I feel like it's just stuff that I'm like oh so I could like take this little step today mm -hmm. that's really important to me because I don't know maybe it's a short attention span I'm not sure what it is but I'm just, <laughs> if it feels like I can do that little thing today uh -huh. then I'll start moving forward exactly of, oh I have to read this whole book to understand this thing and maybe I, I do with some stuff Mm -hmm. but a lot of things I'm just like if I have to do that that's gonna bog me down and I won't mm -hmm. be excited about it and that won't be I don't know how to say this but it won't well, be the feel of my business that I want because you're trying to put that apprenticeship model into place they are watching the person who has the knowledge they're watching them in action that person may tell them a small thing for them to do and they turn around and do it right? So it's, it's like you're taking that model and you're just applying it to your everyday and you're saying, okay, I know that I want to build a business where I'm writing books and I'm selling them and I'm making a living off of doing that. But in the here and now, I know I'm not there and I'm going to just watch the people who are further along than me, learn from what they're saying and apply it immediately because then I can make small progress towards my big picture goal. And I think yeah. we all could do from, from that mindset of like, we don't have to know everything all at once. We can yeah. practice and learn as we're practicing and grow as we're practicing and just beginning in the small things 
and making progress towards the big thing. And so I yeah. think that's a really smart way to go about doing it. I don't, I, oh, I think glad. there's a lot of wisdom in that. <laughs> I really do. Um, as we begin to wrap up, a couple of things have come out of our conversation so far, and I and I think they're really going to be ve- beneficial to the reader, but or to the listener rather. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea that you are suggesting that we start small, start, keep making progress forward, not being afraid of doing something that feels a little bit outside the norm, doing yeah. the thing that not everybody else is doing, but just being okay with that and okay that this is our particular calling or this is what my life at this stage needs to look like and not feeling like you have to have it perfectly big right now. Like yes, you, I think that, that's hard, especially right now. I don't know why, but I feel like, I mean, the people you see mainly are the people with bigger followings or whatever. And that's why you're seeing them. Yep. Right. I feel like that is hard right now because you can, it's easy to feel embarrassed. Mm. Like, oh, I have 500 followers and I have like 2000 posts on Instagram. And it's just like, oh, is that embarrassing? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to ignore it mainly is is what I mainly do. Yeah. It's hard. You're right. I like that you said that, that it can feel embarrassing because it can feel embarrassing when we're like, we know what works because all these people are telling us this works and we know this is what we're supposed to be doing, but it's not moving along as fast as they all say it should. And how, where do you go from there? Like what, how do you take that? How do you run with it and navigate it? And so I guess as we begin to wrap up, my question to you would be, what would be your advice to that writer that's in the beginning stages like you are, who is trying to do the thing that looks different than all of her peers, who is wrestling with this like, this is where I know I want to end up, but I know I'm not there yet. And I have to make that progress towards it. What advice would you give to her? I feel like this is going to sound cliche or something like that. But the first thing that comes to mind is just don't take yourself too seriously. And it's, it's okay to be like starting out and starting out doesn't mean that like, okay, I've been doing this two months. Um, right. I, myself, I saw someone on Instagram the other day, she had her account she started a year ago and I didn't realize I've been following her for maybe a couple of months and she's super fun she talks about books and um she's I think she's graduating from high school this year and and she has like I don't know 50,000 followers 100,000 she has some big number of followers and then this week she put on there one year on bookstagram and I was like what? <laughs> One year? Like, am yeah. I saying something wrong? Am I not saying something right? And even though I think as a new writer, or someone who's new to all this, still, I think sometimes like, oh, if I were to like, do this thing right, then this result that I want or that I'm seeing in other people would happen. And it could, but... Right. I think just not making everything depend on something. Mm. It's it's easy to do that. I spoke at a writer's conference last April and I was like, oh, this is going to be like so big for me. Like, this is going to be huge. And it was incredible. And I had no idea why I was a speaker there. Everyone else was, you know, 30 years older than me and had a million times more experience and like success. And I was like, this is crazy. And this is going to be huge for me. And 
it was funny because then you could take books to sell in the little bookstore area. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved my classes, but I sold zero books. And I think I maybe gained two followers. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. interesting. And it, it just made me feel some things. And I was like, that is very interesting. So I think the main thing for me and that I would tell someone is just look at what you're feeling and be like, that's interesting. Just observe it a little bit and mm. don't think, oh, I have to take that so seriously because mm-hmm. it, it is a business as well as being creative. It's also a business. And I think if you're like so devastated because it feels a certain way or something, you don't have to be devastated because that was disappointing. That was right. disappointing. And if I think about it, I'm still like, that's kind of disappointing. Right. But I can look at that. I can feel that. And that's okay for me to feel, but I'm right. also a business owner and right. I'm going to have successes and failures and a success was that I got to speak there. A failure was that maybe it didn't really do anything that I can see yet. A couple of things I want to respond to that with. The first being, I totally agree with you that we have to acknowledge the disappointment because it is disappointing. Yeah. So we're not going to brush that feeling aside, but we can't stay there because if we stay there, we're not going to improve and do better next time. Right. And I think that's where we have to have like the business hat on, you know, the writer side of us is like hurt, right. Emotionally hurt. Like Like our creativity or like creative soul is hurt. But as a business owner, our job is to say, okay, well, why didn't it work? What could I've done differently? What could I do better? Not taking on that like victim, like, Oh, whoa, it's me. Nobody likes me, but rather, okay, what could I have done better during my sessions to promote my books in the bookstore? Yes. What, what could I have done better during those sessions to maybe direct people to buy from me after the conference or to follow me in that moment? Could I have taken like something I know, notice um, some speakers do, they have people sign up for their email list in the session. They give them kind of a, a lead magnet. You know, uh, they give them some kind of like incentive to sign up, but they pass around the sheet during the um, event. And um, I think just even small things like that, right? Like, okay, how could I have, how could I have captured your lead out of this captive audience? I literally had people sitting here talking to me. What could I have done better to turn the sale? What could I have done better to solidified a following what could have done better to made that sure that that engagement continued after the session was over and so we have to think like that we have to be constantly analyzing the discomfort brings up questions like you were just asking like oh what could I have done or what would make a difference because after that I was able to look back at the conference and be like oh I noticed I went to this person's class and I signed up for their email and I I bought their book after I was curious about them after. And I thought of like what happened in their session and made me do that. And that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing I wanted to point out is that it was not wasted, right? Like we cannot feel like those little moments that feel disappointing Mm -hmm. to us are wasted because in that moment, you now have that speaking thing under your belt. And you can say when you go to somebody else, hey, so-and-so, I would like to speak at your event. Here's my past experience, right? So it's not wasted. So I think that is all very important for us as business owners and as creatives to make sure that we welcome the feeling, but then to be analytical too, and not just lose it as a, not have it be a missed opportunity for learning. And so um, 
because nothing's wasted. No. Well, I have enjoyed talking to you, Rachel. I think it is such a needed conversation. There is no, you know, we, we shouldn't despise our small beginnings and we should welcome them as learning opportunities. And I think this is a really great conversation for that. Um, Before we go, why don't you tell us where you hang out on the internet so we can hang out there with you? Oh yeah. So I am mostly on Instagram. I like to focus on one social media outlet for now because I'm not a social media person. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if it's the age or what. I just missed the tech savvy era. But (laughs) yeah, I came out on Instagram and um, my handle is at by Rachel Trusty. By as in like this book is by Rachel Trusty. And I just, I like to do a lot of fun stuff on there. And also I will be announcing on there soon. I have a fun email list thing coming up so I'll be announcing that pretty soon on there too oh so fun well um for those of you who are listening make sure you go check out Rachel um and on Instagram and check out and keep watching for that uh announcement and if you have a friend who is also in the beginning stages of their business and could benefit from this conversation would you please pass it along to them so that they can learn from Rachel's um wisdom beyond her years, quite honestly, and her, um, her beautiful spirit and desire to just be in a posture of learning and growth and, um, making progress for it. And so Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciated you coming on here and having this conversation with me. And thank you for having me, Rachel. (laughs) And I hope you, the listener will join us back here next week as we continue this conversation on the business of fiction fiction.